From the English Standard Version, the word of, the God, word of God reads as follows. Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was too afraid to look at God. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Verse 5 again says, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes for the place you are standing is holy ground. Amen. For the time that we have today as we continue in this series about practicing pace and presence, uh, we want to look at the power of being in God's presence. And so we want to title, tag this text with the topic, take off your shoes, take off your shoes. Our text today reconnects us with Moses as an older man on the backside of Mount Horeb. Moses's life at this point is pretty simple. Take care of the sheep that are owned by his father-in-law, Jethro. Yet, while it was a simple life, it wasn't necessarily a fulfilling life. In fact, Moses's life was characterized by the discomfort of not quite fitting into the places in which he found himself. Moses didn't quite fit in to the royal life of the family of Pharaoh as an adopted Hebrew boy living in the palace. In fact, he was a constant reminder to Pharaoh of the ineffectiveness of his policy to kill all the Hebrew baby boys in order to curb the growth of the enslaved. And though he had been raised in the palace, Pharaoh looked to take him out after finding out that he had killed, that he being Moses had killed one of the Egyptian overseers. Mo Moses didn't fit in in the palace and with the Pharaoh, but he also didn't quite fit in with the enslaved Hebrew nation. Though he was born a Hebrew, the very people he wanted to stand up for stood against him. In Exodus chapter two, when he was trying to break up two Hebrews having a dispute, the narrative says that, most, that the Hebrews who um, asked him who made him judge and ruler over them, and they wondered if he was going to kill them like he killed the Egyptian overseer. Moses wanted to help them but the Hebrews rejected him. And as a fugitive from Egypt, as, a, as an exile from the Hebrew nation, Moses didn't quite fit in with the Midianites, whom he found himself amongst in this time in his life. Though they had taken him in, he recognized this reality and named his first son Gershom, which means I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Moses spent his entire life to this point never really fitting in anywhere. He was never fully accepted by anyone in his life. 
And by reading the opening verses of chapter three, it seems as if he had settled into his reality as the foreign fugitive whose only job was to keep his father-in-law's flock. Many of us can identify with Moses' struggle to find our place. Our lives are marked by the struggle to find our place in the world. As black and brown people in our American reality, finding purpose, filling our potential, and even living from one day to the next calls for us to hide pieces of who we are in order to survive. Even if we have the right stuff, according to, this, uh, according to the standards of society, we can still find ourselves struggling um, to find place and space. The right house, the right car, the right job, the right education, the right church affiliation, the right organizational meeting often doesn't help us to feel more accepted in the context of the greater culture. Many times we found ourselves running to find that acceptance from this group to that group and end up by ourselves trying to figure out who we are, why we are here, and what we are doing. All too often, we find it hard to find our way out of this place of minimized living and existence. We spend time in the same place, doing the same thing, becoming settled with the state of our lives, though we know that we have so much more to offer. This is indeed Moses' testimony with the lineage of, uh, of the Hebrews, the training of royalty, and the passion for liberation. He seemed resigned to this life on the backside of a mountain in the wilderness. But the text reminds us that even though Moses seemed to be um, resigned for this life in exile, God was ready to enlist him as a servant. As Moses is caring for the flocks, he looks up and sees a bush that is on fire uh, across the way on a mountainside. He, he watches the bush as the flock was grazing and noticed that even though the bush was on fire, it was not being consumed. The text doesn't say how far he was from the bush or how long he watched the bush, but he noticed that the bush was not being burned up by the fire. And once he came to this realization about this strange occurrence, he made his way to the bush to further investigate what was going on. And as he gets closer, God calls Moses from, uh, calls to Moses from the bush uh, and then stops him and tells him, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes because the ground on which you are standing is holy ground. Indeed, this is often thought of as God teaching Moses how to behave in the presence of God. Taking off shoes is often a sign of respect and reverence. In Asian cultures, it is understood that when you enter a house or enter a place of worship, your shoes must be taken off. And for many of us uh, growing up, it was mama or grandmama uh, that have told us to take off our shoes when we come in the house so that we didn't track all the dirt and germs from the outside all throughout the dwelling. But here Moses is outside being called into the presence of God. And God tells him to take off his shoes. Reverence for God's presence may be part of the message, but we ought to consider that perhaps God is trying to show us di something different about what it means to be in the presence of God. It isn't solely about respectable presentation, because the truth is we probably do that a little bit too well. But, be but being in God's presence is about authentic existence. Somebody ought to type that in the comments. Authentic uh, existence. Authenticity means to be real, to be unadulterated, to be original, to be genuine. In fact, in our current Bible study series, we've defined the word authentic as something being exactly what it claims to be. 
Too many times we don't live from a place of authenticity and truth about ourselves. We treat God's presence as if a pretense is a prerequisite before coming before the Lord. We allow our shoes to define us. We let them cover up the reality of who we are when God already knows everything about us. Yet we miss that often keeping on our shoes doesn't allow us to fully experience God and for God to fully transform us. We can't be inauthentic or partially authentic and expect for the presence of God to change us. We can't be guarded and covered up in the presence of God and expect for God to transform us and to turn and in turn to use us to transform the world. Y'all, the truth is God already knows who we are, even more than we know who we are. So there's no need for us to hide ourselves in the presence of God. Moses, down through history beyond this point in our text, is viewed as a great leader uh, in, in the faith tradition and in the narratives of Scripture. We celebrate his steadfastness with telling Pharaoh to let my people go. We celebrate him marching the Hebrew nation out of captivity across the Red Sea on dry land and toward the promised land. We celebrate Moses going up, seeing God pass by on the mountain and bringing down the Ten Commandments. But I would suggest that the impetus, the genesis for all of the greatness that was in Moses' life is found in this moment. It's found, find, it finds its beginning here at the burning bush and Moses responding, however reluctantly, to God's call to take off his shoes while standing on holy ground. It, it was this moment in God's presence that transformed Moses' life, not just in the form of God's mission for him, but also in Moses' perspective of himself. And I want to declare to us today that the great things that God desires to do in us, the great things that God desires to do through us, begins with us getting in the presence of God. Not playing with God, but getting in the presence of God, being vulnerable with God and fully connecting with God. And y'all, that means that we've got to trust God enough to take off our shoes in God's presence. So then, question for us today is why? Would God want Moses and want us to take off our shoes as we come uh, into the presence of God? Well, the first thing I think the text teaches us is that God wants us to take off our shoes so that we can have an intimate encounter. Somebody type that in the comments. God wants us to take off our shoes so that we can have an intimate encounter encounter an intimate uh, encounter God tells Moses in verse 5 don't come any closer take off your shoes for the place you are standing is holy ground this was a moment of Moses uh, of of taking Moses's relationship with God to another level Moses was in the presence of the almighty God and God was speaking directly to Moses and calling him to a place of personal and intimate relationship with God and for us, the beauty of this moment is that while we might not have a burning bush before us, God desires this type of intimate relationship with us. God wants to speak to you. God has something to say to you. God wants to be intimately connected to you just as you are. 
Uh, and perhaps this is what God wanted to communicate to Moses as he was drawn into the presence of God by taking uh, by this talking bush. God wants Moses to be authentically himself without any pretense, without any putting on. God desires the same for us. And it can only happen if we're willing to drop our day to day, super saved, too blessed to be stressed, too, uh, too anointed to be disappointed demeanor and get real with God about what's happening with us and about where we are in our lives. Taking off our shoes is a metaphorical action for being ourselves before God, flaws and all. We will never be all that the Lord has called us to be if we can't learn to trust God with all of who we are. We've got to trust God with the good and the bad. We've got to trust God with the pretty and the ugly. We've got to trust God with the light and the dark. We have to trust God with the perfected and the imperfect. We've got to trust God with our strengths and our weaknesses. Because We've got to trust God with all of who we are. God is ready to show us God's self in ways we may have never experienced. But we have to be vulnerable with God and trust that God is big enough to handle it. In John chapter 13, the author paints a picture of intimacy as Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Jesus takes off his robe, ties a towel around his waist, and cleans the dirty, worn, rough feet of his disciples. The teacher became a servant in the most intimate way to those who were closest to him. And when Peter initially refused, Jesus told him that if he didn't wash Peter's feet, then Peter would have no part in him. In other words, Jesus washing feet, uh, Jesus washing feet was an act of love and service that developed an intimate bond and connection between them. Here's one thing, y'all, I'm sure of, that unless there's some kind of monetary benefit involved, that no one is willing to go around washing people's feet randomly. Uh, there's something very personal and intimate about it. Yet for our closest loved ones, we would do it. And this is the intimacy that God desires with us. When we get into God's presence, we have to take off our shoes. We have to remove the barriers that block us uh, from feeling the holiness of the ground on which we are standing. We have to let our guard down so that God can really see into us and so that we can really see into ourselves. This indeed is what God wants. Y'all, and I've learned that because people hurt us and take advantage of our vulnerability, we can treat God with the same mistrust, uh, with the same mistrust that we treat people. But I've discovered that God is not like folks. People will manipulate your weak places and use your flaws against you. But our weaknesses and our flaws and our insecurities are the very places where God, where we are experienced God's greatest grace. God doesn't desire to damage us through our vulnerability. But but to pr prove that God is strong enough in spite of our weaknesses. As God told Paul, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness because God's grace is sufficient for us. Therefore, even when we think we are weak, y'all, we are strong because of the covering of God. And we can trust God with all that we are. God wants us to take off our shoes so that we can be uh, have an intimate encounter with God. But also, God desires for us to take off our shoes uh, so that we can be intentionally exposed. Somebody type that in the comments, intentionally exposed. God tells Moses, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes for you are standing on holy ground. The ground feels different when we don't have shoes to protect them. 
what the soles of our shoes protect uh, the soles of our feet from are the differences between surfaces. Y'all walking around the yard or walking around uh, the different surfaces in my own yard, I became really, really aware of this, that concrete, y'all, has a different texture than grass, and that grass has a different texture than wood, and that concrete and grass and wood have different textures than asphalt. I knew this in my mind, but I felt it with my bare feet. Without the protection of my shoes, I had to walk a little differently in order to compensate for the differences in the terrain. My feet were exposed. Not only did I know that these surfaces had different feelings, but I could physically feel that they had differences. The reality for us is that oftentimes we get the knowing and the feeling mixed up. It's one thing to have knowledge of something, but another thing to have the feeling of something. Many of us know the scriptures and can quote them all day, but too many of us fall short of actually feeling the scriptures in our life by living out what they proclaim. We know how to have church. We know the order of service. We know the protocol. We know the procedure, but but too often we are people going through the motions and not feeling the presence of God in the midst of all of our structure. We know what love is, but we don't live out love. There is little power solely in what we know, but the power comes when what we know connects with what we feel and causes us to change how we walk. This is why this moment with Moses is so pivotal for him, because for the first time, He was exposed to God beyond the knowledge, beyond the stories that had been passed down through the generations. Moses was now having the feeling of being exposed to the presence of God. And I would imagine that physically Moses felt some difference in the cold ground away from the glare of the burning bush and the warm ground that was there uh, that God called holy. Moses knew that something was different, but he could actually feel it in his feet as he stood before God. And this moment became the foundation for his life from that time on God literally introduces himself to Moses at this bush God tells Moses to take off his shoes and then uh, he says to him I am the God of your fathers Abraham Isaac and Jacob this moment leaves Moses feeling vulnerable and humbled and fearful because at the end of verse 10 it says that Moses hid his face from God because he was too afraid to look at the bush And the truth is that we too can be afraid to look at God, so we hide ourselves from God. We know that being in God's presence will expose some things about ourselves that we want to keep hidden even from our own view. The presence of God is so holy and the light of God is so bright that it exposes just how unholy and how dark we are. We want to have a relationship with God that tells us how great we are, how wonderful we are, how awesome we are. When the truth is that we are, we might be kind of great, but we're not all that great. We are all that wonderful. We are all that awesome outside of God. But you know who is? God is. God is awesome. God is wonderful. God is great. And every time we stand into the presence of God we are exposed by God's holiness but the good news is that even as we are exposed by God's holiness uh, that we are exposed to God's holiness and it's the holiness of God not anything that we have done that makes us even remotely good enough to dare stand in relationship or to in service to the Lord our God Moses y'all was messed up and we messed up just like Moses was but the more we expose ourselves to God the 
more we allow our knowledge of God and the feeling we have when we are in God's presence connect and transform the way we live, the more we partner with God to work on our faults, the more time we spend uh, in the presence of God, the more ready we will be to be to do what God has called us to do. We'll be ready to do what the Lord has called us to do, but we got to spend the time in the presence of God. God, uh, God uh, wants us to take off our shoes uh, so that we can have an intimate encounter. God desires for us to take off our shoes so that we can be intentionally exposed. And finally today, God wants us to take off our shoes so that we can have our identities enhanced. Yeah, we can have our identities enhanced. God tells Moses in verse 5, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. God wanted Moses to see himself for who he really was. Shoes serve as an identifying factor. They tell what we do. They tell where we are and where we have been. Y'all, we have shoes for all kinds of different occasions. We got church shoes and work shoes. We've got house shoes and school shoes. We've got play shoes and gym shoes. Shoes can be an expression of our own personal style and even our identity. Shoes can be used as a sign of socioeconomic status. Shoes serve as a representation of the ways in which we define ourselves. And we define ourselves in many ways. We define ourselves by where we go to church, where we work, where we live, where we learn where we like to hang out what we have done or, or uh, what we have or don't have and all of this is part of who we think we are for Moses the shoes of his life had an awkward fit and told the story of a, so a societal misfit who was stuck shepherding flocks in insignificance the shoes of his life had the blood of a dead Egyptian of, on their souls they uh, had the glimmer of Egyptian royalty and the wear of Hebrew slavery they had been worn down from, this, from his journey into exile in Midian from walking its land as a sheep herder. Moses' shoes had a history and told the story of where he had been and who he was. But God tells Moses to take off his shoes because this is holy ground. And I would dare suggest that God calls Moses to share into this sacred space with him, not as the murderer or the fugitive or the one who was in exile or the foreigner, but as Moses created and shaped in God's image and image and ready to be used by God for God's mission. The good news, y'all. For us is that it doesn't matter the history of the soles of our shoes. It doesn't matter where our shoes have been. Yes, our shoes have been in some places and spaces they shouldn't have been. They've been involved in some things that they shouldn't have been involved on. They've got hurt and blood uh, and injury on their souls. They've got our own pain on their souls. They've got long journeys on their souls. They've got the history even, yes, of our people on their souls. But we can put those shoes to the side because God wants to connect with us in God's presence, not defined by what's on the soles of our shoes, but as the unique soul that God has created us to be and here's the reality of our lives we can't discover who we really are uh, until we are willing to be in God's presence devoid of the things we use to divide ourselves we have to set aside our titles we have to take off our history we have to set aside our mistakes we have to take off our losses we have to take off our masks what 
they are said about, we have to take off what they said about us and even what they said, what we've said about ourselves because uh, none of that matters as much as what God has said about us. So we should come into the presence of God, ready for God to do God's work on us so that we can be who God has created us to be. God introduces God's self to Moses, uh, saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as we read past verse number six, we discover uh, Moses giving God every reason why he shouldn't lead the liberation efforts for the Hebrew nation. In verse 11, when Moses asked God, who, who am I that I should lead uh, the Israelites out of Egypt? God responds by defining Moses, not by who Moses is, but by who God is. And that's good news for us because even further God tells Moses that I am that I am or I will be that which I will be and y'all this all happens in holy ground this all happens in God's presence our identities will be enhanced because God doesn't define us by who we are but God defines us by who God is by who God sees us to be and who does God see you to be God sees you as fearfully and wonderfully made God sees you as created in the image of God. God sees you as the head and not the tail. God sees you as above and not beneath. Even in your imperfection, God has created you in God's own image. And God has something beautiful for your life. God moved Moses from being hidden to being holy. God moved Moses from being disconnected to being connected. God moved Moses from a problematic past to a powerful future. God moved Moses from being rejected to being accepted. All by this moment right here of calling him into his presence and telling him to take off his shoes and that's good news for us today because if God did it for Moses then God will do it for us God will move us into holiness God will move us into connection God will move us into God's preferred future for our lives <clears throat> God will move us into being perfected by God uh, and made ready to do the work that God has called us to do. And that's why we need to make sure that we are spending our time being in the presence of God, taking off our shoes, being vulnerable before God, because we need to be transformed by the presence of God. We need to be reminded by the presence of God. We need to be recentered by the presence of God. We need to be renewed by the presence of God but we can't but God can't do God's perfect work in our lives without our cooperation without us creating space for God to move without us taking off our shoes for an intimate encounter making ourselves vulnerable so that we can be intentionally exposed and making ourselves vulnerable so that we can have our identities enhanced by the power of God so take off your shoes. I know, I know you might need to keep them on in the house, but when you go into your prayer closet, take off your shoes. Don't, don't fake the fuck with God. God already knows. God just wants to know if you trust him enough to put it before him. Take, take off your shoes. Make sure that you're doing that every day. Getting in God's presence and letting God transform you. Letting God shape you and mold you into who God has projected you to be who God desires for you to be in the world.
Take off your shoes. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you that you invite us to be into you, in your presence in such a powerful way. It calls for us to be vulnerable, to, to be our full selves. God, there are not many places in the world in which we can go and we can express the fullness of who we are and know that we'll be accepted. But we do know that we can come into your presence and that you will guide us and shape us, that you will help us to be all that you've created us to be. So God, help us to trust you with the places that we keep to ourselves. Help us to trust you with the desires that we keep hitting away. Help us to trust you with the dark places that exist, God, because we want to be authentic in how we show up in the world. But that starts with us being authentic with how we show up with you. So God, we want to come into your presence. We accept your invitation today to come into your presence and to take off our shoes, to feel the ground under our feet, recognizing that it is holy ground, and allowing your power to transform us and to shape us and to mold us and to renew us and to refresh us so that we can be who you've called us to be in the world. God, we thank you for this moment in Moses' life that helps us to manage the moments in your presence in our own. Now, God, we pray that you would bless a man, woman, boy, or girl who needs to say yes to you today, who needs to just be vulnerable enough to say, yes, God, I need you. Yes, I need you. And they're really willing to say yes to you through Jesus Christ. God, we're praying that they'll make that decision today, that they will, that they, that they will heed the call that comes forth to them on this day. God, we pray for those who need to rededicate them, their lives, God, who find themselves even reluctant like Moses was to come into your presence. But God, they know they need to reconnect and recommit to you, God. We're praying that they would do it and say yes today, that they would take the chance, that they would trust that yes, they can't be vulnerable everywhere, but they can walk into your presence and be vulnerable and get reconnected with you. God, we pray, God, that as you make this place, this church family, this faith community, a safe space and a place of, uh, of holy ground, a, a place of respite, a place where people can experience your presence, God, that you would uh, allow those who may be watching today to say yes to partnering their lives with walking along with us as we seek to be our authentic selves as you've created us to be and to show up uh, here in the world in ways that give you glory and they get the best out of our lives. Now, have your way now. Be with us as we close out this worship experience today. God, continue to keep and to guide us as we move forward each and every day. God, and remind us every day to just take off our shoes right in your presence that you might work in our lives. We thank you, God. We honor you and we praise you. It's in the mighty and the matchless name. For your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's children said amen. Amen. amen.